This is No Filter, Black Women Talk Health, the podcast where we discuss current relevant health topics from our perspective. Join Dr. Tammy Singleton and Dr. Sean McKinney to get in on the conversation. It's talk about us, for us, and with us, with no filter. So this is podcast number two. Number two. Yay. Yay. Like, <laughs> like, yay. We've had a great response. Thank you so much for everybody um, who gave us feedback and for listening um, so that we know that we can continue this because we have something meaningful to share. Yes. Thank you all for supporting us, for liking and sharing uh, with your friends and uh, other podcasters, we truly appreciate it. Absolutely. So we know that there are a lot of podcasts out there, and I know that I really enjoy listening to the information that people have to share. And you know, I'm both entertained. I feel educated. I feel empowered. And so hopefully, people will feel the same way. You know, but by participating in this conversation um, with us. So, in that spirit. So I was telling my good friend here, Dr. McKinney, that um, I thought that if we talked about COVID, this was my wishful thinking. I thought that if we talked about COVID again, that we'd be beating a dead horse. True. Um, As much as we want it to be dead. (laughs) Yes. We want COVID to be over as much as everyone else wants it to be over. Yes, just dead. I want it to die. (laughs) Um, but I don't think that we're, we're, unfortunately, we're not, we're not close to that. And in fact, um, I think as we thought about what our next topic would be, we realized that we have a lot more to talk about, um, with COVID and maybe next time we'll talk about some other things, but, um, we just did our, what, what do we call it? Our virtual homecoming Yes. Um, talk for Xavier University. Gold table talk. It was a gold <laughs> table talk. Yes. Yeah. We did our gold table talk and um, we participated and we talked a little bit about COVID. And I think that that's when I really realized we had a lot more to talk about. Right. So I guess to kick it off, one of the things I thought that we should talk about is where we are right now as a community regarding COVID and some of the things that we perhaps maybe need to think about before we kind of crack the egg open and talk about some of the other topics related to COVID. So I call it the honeymoon period. It, it has been a bit of a honeymoon or sleepy <laughs> period, maybe complacency. Um, well, we learned how to live with COVID a little bit. We put on yes. our masks. We wash our hands. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing more people going more places. I know I've been out to dinner. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Cannot deny that. Um, I've traveled a little bit. I have got on a couple planes. I have not yeah, I've not done the plane thing. <laughs> it was, I have to admit, the first time we did it back in May, it was so empty that it felt good and the, mm. cl- the plane was spotless. And when I did it more recently, it was a little scary. Mm. Just a little bit. Because okay. the, plane, the plane was packed. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't have to sit next to a stranger because I was traveling with someone. But 
the thought of having somebody almost touching me. I don't know. I don't know, dog. Just, yeah. <laughs> so I know that, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot for me to handle. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But that. just think about how we used to do that before. Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's like, like, you it's, know, even though we were, you know, we didn't like people all up on us, but you didn't think twice about, I think you I was know, being die. in a seat. Yeah, from a virus yeah. or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but we've, we've done all that. And now we have um, our colleagues in Europe. So it's not just on TV. Our colleagues in Europe are are suffering and working 24-7. And they're going to the hospitals COVID positive to try to take care of patients because there is no one else. Right. We have hospitals in the U.S. that are filling up again. Our numbers are skyrocketing. I think they said we were up to 10 million. Yes. Um, as of today. So the new cases were going in the wrong direction hospitals are filling up again and we're headed into the winter time and it's not even winter yet no <laughs> you know at at most places uh, it's still warm down here where we are in louisiana yeah we have not hit the cold spell where most people are going to be inside so um it does not um uh, forebode anything that's gonna Right. get any better over the next couple of months just as the weather forces us to not be out and mm -hmm. open as much so that kind of brings us to um what's hat what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks and that's the holidays right so we're going to have thanksgiving and we're going to have christmas and i don't know about you but i'm this is what i'm going to say don't do it <laughs> <laughs> right so, don't do it you know, if if your mom and them have haven't already been a part of your germ circle, as I like to call it, mm -hmm. leave it that way. Right. Find another way. Zoom with them. I know we're all tired of Zoom. We're all tired of Google Meet. We're tired of the the platforms that we all have to use. But don't yeah. do it. I think we have to be, you know, very conscious about. Um, how we're going to do gatherings, big gatherings, and not plan to have... And small gatherings. Well, that too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. But you know how food and family and fellowship, you know, all of those things go together. And we have not seen family in a long time, you no. know, just because of the virus. So we're itching for an opportunity to come together and and fellowship you know and we all know we need that and um we're missing those we have not seen but we have got to continue to be diligent especially during this time right and um it's all calculated risks um we know that this is a virus you know sean and i are sitting here you know I know that we're both very conscientious. You know, I'm tested, you're probably tested. You know, we're both physicians, people are on us like a hawk. And so we're together, we're not on Zoom recording this. Right. But it's, I would call this like a, this is a, this is a calculated, it's a calculated, calculated. risk. Right. Um, my kids do go to school, um, another calculated risk, but I also significantly contain them from any and other activities. Right. Um, or anything and other activities. They can't, 
we just can't go everywhere we want to go. They can't be with everyone they want to be with. We can't have people over that we want to have over. We have to have that calculated risk and, and germ circle. So my message for the holidays, you know, folks out there, you know, brown people, tan people, white people, all of the people, <laughs> right. don't do it. Yeah. Just don't yeah. do it. Find, find another way to celebrate, get together with small pe- small gatherings, people that have been in your household, in your germ circle, but leave your cousin them. My cousin <laughs> from Chicago, I love you guys. <laughs> I love my people from Chicago. I love my husband's family from Lafayette and even yeah. here in New Orleans, but it, we haven't been rocking it through COVID. Right. Um, it's just not gonna... It's not worth it. No. Yeah, and it, you know the transmission goes both ways. I mean, Absolutely. we are in the hospital yeah. a lot, so yes. I would feel awful if I'm the one <laughs> to, to send, send you back home with, with something, right. <laughs> right? Because I am in an environment that thank you, you know, is you know could, has more exposure than we're both, than most. Right? We're both walking risk factors. <laughs> <laughs> We're both walking risk factors. Uh-huh. So see, this is what you call it. We're taking our calculated risk together. <laughs> we're both walking risk factors. You know, we're not sitting here with a 60-year-old who's a breast cancer survivor, you know, just finished chemo two months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Or even, like, my mom. I, I rarely see my, my mother. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Uh, it does. And when I see her, we have to have, uh, we do wear a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my grandma, you know, I when I go over at the distance mm-hmm. and not for long. Long. Mm-hmm. Not for long. Because mm-hmm. I can't expose my 91 year old grandma. No, you can't expose. <laughs> you can't no. expose Nana. No. Gigi, go, go. Mm-hmm. Mama. Nope. No, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I thought we should start by just saying, guys, this is still serious. We still have a lot going on. Um, the holidays are coming. It's very tempting, and I gotta throw this in. I don't think I don't think that Sean knows this about me. Like I sometimes have insomnia, and I don't want to do work or read, so I'll watch TV, and oh. in the middle of the night, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll, so so you can always call me yeah. because <laughs> you're awake too. <laughs> yes, sometimes I am awake, I'm, and the TV is on. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm on. Um, so I, I, I watched Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. And so, you know, I'm going to steal this from Game, Game of Thrones. Y'all, winter's coming. <laughs> yeah. Winter's coming, and we want to be ready. And so I think that a vaccine, when we have a successful one, will make a difference. It could potentially be a game changer. I don't think that it's going to be a game changer alone. And for a long time, we're still going to have to social distance, wear masks, and be and be ultra careful because one, we don't know how effective the vaccine is going to be. Two, everybody's going to get the not going to have or get get the vaccine or even have access to the vaccine. If you have access to the vaccine, everybody's not going to want the vaccine. And I can you know we can kind of keep going down the list, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about, right? Right. Like just kind of yeah, we're going to talk about the vaccine because this is a new development. And I think that um, we need to be able to obtain the correct information and move forward based on information and what's happening not only in this country, but in other countries. Uh, So that when you get the little snippet, 
you know, the two minute little news blurb that you're not just hanging on to that because what they give out in the media is going to be significantly, you know, less information right. than uh, what is really happening. Right. So that's why we're, you know, kind of here to make sure that you get more information than what is presented. Right. So um, in that spirit, uh, I thought that we could start off by talking a little bit about or a reminder as to how vaccines are developed and kind of where we are in the world in terms of vaccine development, piggybacking on what you just said, and that is that we've all heard about the Pfizer vaccine, yes. the clinical trial where they said, what, what was it, over 90% response efficacy, rate response or efficacy rate. Um, in terms of the prevention of coronavirus. So... What was funny was, as the words were coming out of my mouth, Dr. McKinney leaned over, like she leans over, she leans over and goes, yeah, because I want to know. Who was the... I have my list. Yes, yes. And I have I was, my list of information that has not been given yet. Yes, yes. Now, great minds. I don't minds care about like, your 90% efficacy. I want to know. Yeah. Who were the subjects? Yes. <laughs> you know, what, what comorbidities did they have? Yeah. You know, what were the ethnicities, ages? ages. Yes, um, all of that. We want to know all that. The the adverse events, the side effects, you know, how so there are a lot of there are a lot of questions. So in that in that spirit, I thought I would kind of go through really quickly how we how we have clinical trial development or how we have vaccines that are ultimately developed. And they're ultimately developed um, in phases started by what's called a preclinical phase, and that's when they study it in animals. Right. And those animals typically are mammals. A lot of times with vaccines, they're actually monkeys mm -hmm. um, that they're studying vaccines in. And those trials can go on for years, um, depending on what's being studied in terms of a vaccine. And we're both um, basically like cancer doctors. You're a cancer surgeon. You know, I'm a pediatric oncologist. And so we're both very familiar with vaccine trials for cancer. Right. And we know that those have been ongoing for many, many years. Exactly. So some of the technology that's being used didn't start yesterday. Right. The technology in terms of the use of of RNA has been ongoing, ongoing in those preclinical trials and ongoing in clinical trials with humans. So there's a, there's a background to this that a lot of people don't know, but some of this has been going on again in the background for many years. Again, starting with preclinical trials with animals, followed then by phase one, phase two, phase three clinical trials that will typically involve human subjects, Typically, phase one clinical trials, there's a huge emphasis on safety, 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 safety. They're trying to find a dose that you know may be tolerated without significant side effects. Then they start to look at a little efficacy as we go into phase two clinical trials, enrolling even more people, maybe over more time. Sometimes those phases can be combined. Sometimes you can have clinical trials phase one, phase two, right? Right. And certainly, as we are going through vaccine development for coronavirus, some of those phases are being combined. Phase one, phase two. But you have to still go through phase one, phase two, phase three, typically before you have approval. But here's where it's interesting. 
And I was kind of reading and some of this. And you say typically. Typically, yeah. I typically, because mm -hmm. here's where it's interesting. So I was referencing a New York Times article. Um, and I think it's very interesting if any of you guys want to take a look at this. It's called the Coronavirus Vaccine Tracker. And they actually do a pretty decent job in terms of laying out where we are with coronavirus vaccines. And it's pretty um, easy to kind of follow and understand, even if you're a non-clinician or, or a non-doctor or non-healthcare provider. And so this goes through phase one, phase two, phase three, describes what that is in terms of safety, looking at the safety of the product, looking at the efficacy, how it works, but it also talks about what happens after phase three. And there, there are a couple of options. You can have early or limited approval. That means you don't wait for the results from the phase three clinical trial. And you proceed immediately kind of in the middle of the phase three clinical trial. And you go, okay, we're going to start using it on regular people, not just people that are participating in the clinical trial. So you can start, we're going to release it. Right. China and Russia are doing that. Of course. Yeah. Now, we, this is not unique to just this viral trial. So right. we see this a lot. Right. Or at least I see this a lot. And you too, Tammy. Yeah. Um, in um, cancer therapies. Mm -hmm. you know, a new drug comes out. And it's gangbusters. It's doing yeah, well. It's doing something. Yeah. You know, we, and it's typically, you know, for us, for breast cancer, they typically always want to try it against some of our known drugs and those who have failed some of the conventional therapies to see if um, patients' lives can be extended um, by several months and weighing um, those differences. So when they see that with the introduction of a new drug, they will fast track it. Uh, onto the stage and allow it to be used in patients currently, you know, who currently have disease that's not responding mm -hmm. to conventional treatment. So mm -hmm. this is not unique to do, um, but again, here in the U.S., there is an approval, you know, for this mm -hmm. to be fast tracked mm -hmm. to be used. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting. Um, the different paths that are being taken again as you mentioned is not unique to coronavirus we do do this with with treatments for cancer um but typically when we're doing it for treatments for cancer we do have some phase three data that yes. has been studied it has been analyzed and we call this an approval with emergency youth use authorization so emergency use authorization when it's kind of right on the cusp of being approved, it may have been you know delayed um, before to enroll more folks, but because we were in the we're in the middle of a pandemic, what you'll likely see is that the Pfizer clinical trial program for vaccines may likely end up being the first with a few to follow, where it goes through phase one, phase two, phase three a little faster but then ultimately has approval with this emergency release. It's not that they're in right in the middle of very little data in a phase three and they're going straight to release like we're seeing kind of in China and Russia, um, which can be associated with more serious risks. So there's still a process that it has to go through, but what we're saying 
is that in addition to that process, we still want to review all of the data and try to use our skills and our knowledge to determine if it's something that we want to, one, recommend to our patients, two, that we would say for our family and friends, hey, this is what we're going to do. Um, we need, we really need the information. So taking that in mind or keeping that in mind, remember preclinical testing, phase one, phase two, phase three, and then approval, those steps still have to be followed. And then you still have to have that conversation with your clinician, with your physician to determine if it's right for you. So in terms of this coronavirus vaccine tracker, there are currently no vaccines that have gone through the final approval process. Right. Not one. But there are six vaccines that have early or very limited approval, not in the U.S., mm -hmm. but outside of the U.S. currently, primarily mm -hmm. in China and Russia. And in those other phases, remember phase one, phase two, phase three, there are 38 phase one trials where we're primarily looking at safety and dosing. We're not ready to see how efficacious or how well it works yet. We're trying to make sure it's safe. Phase two, 14 clinical trials where we're trying to see how safe or efficacious it is. Still asking that question, but now seeing how well it works. And then in phase three, that step that's typically just before approval, there are 11 clinical trials worldwide. So when you look at this list, it's pretty exhaustive. Yes. Right? And so there are various ways that the vaccines are being manufactured, mm -hmm. meaning not just a delivery device, but the technology. The primary one is something called RNA or messenger RNA, where we're taking advantage of RNA to tell your body or your immune system how to make proteins to then ultimately stimulate your immune system to make antibodies mm -hmm. against the virus. Um, interesting. I'd love to talk geek, you know, geekness. <laughs> Geeky. Yeah, I'll yes. about that. But I'm not going to get too deep mm -hmm. into that. But the, the one technology is using RNA. The other technology is using DNA. And then we have technologies that use something called a, a viral vector, where we take the empty shell of a virus and it either integrates into inside of a cell and then stimulates your immune system that way or just the presence of the empty viral shell kind of tricks your body into thinking that the virus is there and you produce antibodies that way but i just mentioned going back these numbers 38 14 11 and 6 clinical trials that are all in various different phases and that and that's why you know, it's important to kind of realize that all vaccines and the method of um, development is not equal. Mm -mm. You know, when you just hear vaccine, you know, most people just think that, okay, Pfizer has a vaccine is the same as, you know, this other company is the same, but they're developing and manipulating uh, the cell in a way that's different for each one of these uh, vaccines and that's part of the reason why it can take or it is taking longer mm -hmm. to try and see what happens mm -hmm. when this is done or when we change this or when we make the body produce this and how long does this affect 
happen? Mm-hmm. How, how long is the immune system stimulated? You know, those are things that really take time to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, most people really don't realize the amount of painstaking, you know, bench work research yeah that, that goes that goes into on. that yeah yeah and it's it's so fascinating because again there are 52 clinical trials in total in those various stages of development there are another o- over 80 clinical trials in preclinical development so still being studied in monkeys or other mammals um but we have to go through the steps but as you mentioned it's fascinating in terms of what companies are working on what? There are some vaccines that are being developed by companies using different technologies, as I mentioned, but then you have to get two doses of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So herein lies <laughs> some of the issues. Yes. Just let's, let's go ahead and get to the let's meat go, and potatoes, yeah, right? Let's get to some okay. of the issues. So with, with our people especially, you know, with, with people of color, with black folks, When we start talking about vaccines, first, we have to overcome, going back to our original podcast, we have to overcome the hurdle of education, Mm -hmm. talking about how this clinical trial program that I just described with the various phases, how that's different and how you're not going to be a quote-unquote guinea pig or taken advantage of. Exactly. And most of these trials have a you know, two main tracks. There are those who get the vaccine mm-hmm. or recommend, and there are those that get a placebo, which is, which not, is the not the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't know who is, and yeah, you don't know. It's supposed, it's randomized. Mm-hmm. It's, it's double, what we call double blinded, meaning that um, those giving the injection and those receiving the injection don't know what group they're a part of. And those um, patients on either side are tracked to look at look at the development of symptoms, side effects, um, measure their blood, test animal, whatever they've set up to test in the trial. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, of course, the ideal way to try and set up a trial where there is um, there is no bias or very little bias. Uh, that happens uh, with the trial on both ends. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that when we start looking at recommendations, we really need to make sure that people know exactly what company they're getting the vaccine from, what's the method of Mm -hmm. um, distribution, how many doses are they supposed to take, and... um, exactly what they can expect as far as side effects because you know really none of these things will likely be without a side effect if we just think of the flu vaccine some people get the flu vaccine and they actually get mild symptoms of the flu i mean we've heard that before yeah, right yeah, you, you, some de- people, oh, you definitely right. have flu like flu like symptoms, symptoms. Yeah, malaise yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe a little fever yeah. or you're tired mm-hmm. or you from know that stimulation whatever from the stimulation so um, we have to expect that we will hear about some of these things with this vaccine. But here's what's, here's what's interesting, though, Sean. I just thought about this when, as you were talking. Um, but you actually re- should receive, in theory, mm-hmm. 
And I think that this actually happens. If you enroll in a clinical trial program, you will get more details. Yes. You will get more education. You will have more supervision. Yes. You will have more visits to the doctor, more observations. Mm -hmm. Big Brother is watching. Yes. Every box has to be checked. Every T has to be crossed. Every I has to be dotted. If you participate in a clinical trial. And I want to go back and say this. When you participate in a clinical trial, the clinical trial first has to be approved by something called the IRB. And that is a board that governs all clinical trials that any center could conduct and people from all walks of life sit on that board. And they go through every paragraph, every line, every page, every everything with the clinical trial. It is a very, very painful process. Yes, it is to submit something to to the the IRB. IRB. Yeah. So they want to make absolutely certain and they take very seriously that people will be protected if they participate in a clinical trial and everything has to be reported to the IRB, everything is monitored, like it's incredibly intense. So that as we enter this phase where we're looking for vaccinations, if you participate in a clinical trial, actually you have more oversight and more opportunities for education and explanations than you would if you were just receiving it in my office, you know, for example. Now, I'll go through the details with you. Right. I will. And I will educate you, and I will review the data with you. But, and I I throw this question Mm -hmm. out there, but do you you think, too, because I never really thought about it like this until just now, but do you think, too, that there would be certain advantages in terms of getting the vaccine in the, clinical trial program phase three. I'm not saying phase mm-hmm. one or two, Sorry. but there's just, they're more so focusing mm-hmm. on the, the safety and not necessarily the efficacy. Mm-hmm. But if we got to phase three, where the safety part, they're still evaluating it, but the kinks have been pretty much worked out. I, I think there is some validity to mm-hmm. participating at that phase. If um, you are willing to, you know, certainly kind of deal with potential side effects based on your own uh, core morbidities. And, and, but I think that the knowledge and the acquisition of knowledge is mandated to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. They will give you paperwork and go through with it, to mm-hmm. go through it, um, you know, line by line to so make that, sure that, that you understand. Of, that chance of informed consent. Yes. You know, may actually may actually be there. But but, but whether you understand that, mm-hmm. you know, um, is a whole is different enough, story. Is a different story. Yeah. Right. And so, make, trying to make sure that um, people from various walks of life um, have an opportunity to really understand what a clinical trial is, what it represents, what opportunities it may present for you as an individual as well as for the community as a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of that probably, sh- you know, should be considered and might be accomplished if, if you participate 
in a clinical trial. And then there's a big but. but. <laughs> yeah. The big but is having an opportunity to really explain what a clinical trial is, the safeties mm -hmm. that or the safety measures that have been put in place, why they have been put in place, talking yes. about Tuskegee again, yeah. Again. Yes. And and all of the other things that people have endured over time mm -hmm. in terms of the medical profession why those protections were put in place, how they are in place, mm -hmm. the checks and balances is voluntary. You don't necessarily have to do it, but there may be some advantages. And I think that, you know, it's going to be interesting once the data, you know, the really breakdown, that breakdown table data on the participants comes out mm -hmm. from at least the Pfizer trial, because I think that, um, once we're able to see, you know, the breakdown in ethnicity and of course there'll be an opportunity to say we don't have enough, mm -hmm. you know, maybe African-American participants or to make some global, um, you know, recommendations for that community, you know, or African-Americans with comorbidities. Okay. But has the time been put in? to take extra time mm -hmm. to explain everything to in terms of that community. In terms of clinical trial. I think Maybe you not. can get more participation if on the front end, an ex uh, I mean, like, not just one, but detailed explanation mm -hmm. on, you know, what exactly is going to happen and how safe this is and what measures have been taken and all of that needed to be an extra step taken to gain mm. more participants. Here's something interesting I just thought about too, mm. though. As concerned as we are as a community to make sure that we're, um, you know, we're protecting ourselves and our loved ones. And, you know, we're very cautious often about participating in clinical trials mm -hmm. because we don't want to be quote unquote experimented on. Guess what happens after, uh, a therapy is approved is phase four. You're participating but and you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. That's, that's true. You, you're, you're participating technically. Yeah. Yeah. In the clinical trial. Mm -hmm. And you don't know it. True. So what I well, mean that's by that, what we get back the information from the flu vaccine every dog on yes, you know yes, right? and then we say oh it was only thirty percent effective <laughs> okay so y'all 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 listen listen to this what I'm what I'm trying to say to break this down what I'm trying to say is if you are super ultra concerned about participating in a clinical trial first of all I think that find you you should find someone. Hopefully this will help to this conversation that we're having. But find someone so that you can talk it out, have it broken down so you understand it, to know if you would feel comfortable participating in a clinical trial or not. But what I'm saying is, see what had happened was, <laughs> <laughs> a clinical trial, remember, is phase one, phase two, phase three, where they look at safety on the front end, phase one, phase two, start looking at how well it works, you know, phase two, phase three. And then it's approved typically after phase three, but phase four, they're gathering more data on safety 
making yeah. sure that after it's been approved that you're still not having a problem with it. So when I jokingly said, <laughs> you don't want to participate in the clinical trial, but you are, right. is because when you don't sign up to participate, they're still collecting data on how well you tolerated something in that phase four after it's already been quote unquote approved right. by the FDA. So unbeknownst to you, me, and everybody else, for years after a, something has been approved, these vaccines have been approved, you still, y'all yeah. still participating. <laughs> yes, yes. You're still, you really you're still participating. Yeah. But really, we're saying it kind of lighthearted, in a lighthearted way now, but we both recognize mm -hmm. how serious it is, the emotion that it invokes. Oh, yeah. When you talk about a clinical trial because of the exploitation that has occurred. Right. In our, in our community. And it's kind of the unknown. I mean, this yeah. is a new virus that they are developing new technology about. So it, it's, um, it is a bit of, you don't know how you're going to react to, you know, exposure to this. But Dr. McKinney, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. But we don't know how you're going to respond to Corona. That's true too. That is very true. So I'm like, if you look at, look if you do this or you do this, just to kind of keep it simple and real, you go out there and you get that Rona. <laughs> right. We know Which that people are dying. Up. Well, we know that people are self-exposing. You know. Oh yeah. You, you know, even they bring about you know the whole I'm just gonna get it and then I'll be. No, that's I'll be horrible. okay. No, you're no, not. No, you're not. You, you, well, first of all, you may not be okay. Yeah. Number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, there, we don't know how long you will be protected. We know it's not forever. Uh, <laughs> and and meaning, if you've had coronavirus already, mm -hmm. right? Right. Right. And you're not Superman or Superwoman <laughs> or after that. Is it possible that you could be reinfected, reinfected with a new mutant? Yes. So being out there, like not wearing a mask and not being cautious. And um, that's interesting. Yeah. Because the antibodies, you know, have we've seen, at least in testing, that they don't stay around mm -hmm. forever. For a long and time. And the other thing is, is that this doggone virus mutates. Mm -hmm. It changes. Well, it's kind of like, <laughs> you see, know, if you so. think about it, like the flu, mm -hmm. the flu virus, to use an analogy, mm -hmm. you know, the flu virus is a little different every year because mm -hmm. it's covering different strains, right? Mm -hmm. So we may, we have to get the flu virus each year to make sure that we're covered because right. the strains are different and we don't maintain that immunity. Right. So the same thing, I guess, applies, right, to, to coronavirus. So with this whole emergence of a vaccine, it's nice that a vaccine is emerging and, and may be available. But again, there are, some, there are some barriers. We already said and mentioned the one, the one, uh, one dose versus two dose, do two doses. And even the timing of two doses, one company has it at the 14th day, another company at the 28th day. And what if you forget to go what back to get... Thank go, you. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> went out of time, you forgot, you didn't go back to get that second dose. Right. Will, will your coverage still be the same? We and don't then, know that. No, you don't. <laughs> and right. then apparently the way that it has to be transported... Is also very cumbersome. It has to be kept very cold. It has to be kept at minus 80. Yes. Um, 
And then once we have a vaccine that we feel comfortable in terms of its safety and its effectiveness, who's going to get it first? How many doses are going to be made? Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I mean, who, you know, I kind of wrote down, like, who's the who's going to be the priority? I mean, is it going to be people in tight living situations? You know, what about the elderly in nursing homes where mm-hmm. they can't, you know, get yeah. out? Like, are they going to be mandated to, to have it. it in order to be in the nursing home? You know, what about colleges and schools? Oh, you know, dorms? Don't you bring that up? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the clinical trials are not going down um, to age 12. Mm. Yeah, and that's an, yeah. They're children. in, they're in, a, they're in adults. There are only a couple of trials that go down to age twelve, mm-hmm. and they're not giving the vaccine to children mm-hmm. below that age. They have not been participating in the clinical yeah. trial. And then what about children? You know, like my kids. One of them has asthma, reactive airway. You know, like kind of what is this gonna do to that? Am I gonna feel okay with you know him or her? getting the vaccine when again like you said they're not that there's not that much not that many participants in any of these you know trials for young kids so what does that mean how do we how do we help how do we help people to process and understand what's happening with the with the vaccine here's sort of my take on it i know that there's a huge hurdle a mental hurdle and an emotional hurdle. Let's mm-hmm. like talk about that All and right. acknowledge that. With even the thought of participating in a clinical trial program, I am going to say that I think that if you have the time to participate in a clinical trial program, a phase three clinical trial program, that I think that the safeguards that are in place for your protection as a person participating in the clinical trial, your care, the observations that would need to be made to make sure that you're safe will provide you with a level of care that would be far greater or far or be superior to you just coming to an office and receiving a vaccine. Technically, I'm just breaking it down in terms of in terms of the op- the observation part of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, I, I understand the the mental hurdle, the emotional hurdle of making the decision to participate in a clinical trial in the first place. That 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 is a tre- that's a tremendous thing to to overcome for a lot of us. But I think that if we can kind of focus on the facts, if something mm-hmm. seems right for us or not. Mm-hmm. I know I was interested in participating in a clinical trial, but to be honest with you, I didn't think that I could devote the time. Yeah, it does require a lot of time and yeah. follow-up. I didn't yeah. think that I would be able to make the follow-up visits, any follow-up blood work. I was sort of interested, but I'm, I'm going to admit too. There's some, there's some fear. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I just didn't trust anything. And I, I can't say that I'm totally but that's there real. now because that yeah. I'm I'm I lean more on the pessimistic side. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta show me, show mm-hmm. me again, show me the money, mm-hmm. show me the data, mm-hmm. show me what you got mm-hmm. first. And then um, you know, I can make an informed decision. And I think, you know, this is kind of the perfect 
platform for us to, as the information comes out, that we're able to give it to you all. Um, and just kind of, and just kind of talk it about it. But listen, I don't want to leave um, what you just said. You know, when you said, "Look, I just don't trust it," mm-hmm. and I think we just need to sit with that for a second because yeah. I have many family members who are like. Look, I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. End of conversation. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> right. Like I'm finished. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not I'm not participating in that. And I guess I sit on the side that I can acknowledge I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some anxiety about it, but I would also be willing to listen to, explore what is going on in terms of the clinical trials that are being offered because I'm going to go back to these numbers because in terms of where we are with vaccine development, Mm -hmm. there are 52 total clinical trials, right? Only six of them are in phase three or only, sorry, 11 of them are in phase three and kind of ready to be looked at or almost ready Mm -hmm. to be looked at in terms of, in terms of approval. But they're 38 in phase one, 14 in phase two. I mean, there's still a lot of opportunities out there Mm -hmm. where something may be more advantageous for you as an individual. So I just, listen, y'all listen. I just want you to try (laughs) to keep an open mind in terms of, I didn't say enroll in a clinical trial, but how about this? Just learn about one. That's right. Okay, I think it's still going. I can okay. it. Do you think do you think that Miss I don't trust it? Like <laughs> Do you think that that's fair? Do you think that that would be fair for the average? And see you can sit here and say I don't trust it, but this is Miss, you know, breast cancer surgeon, you know, I'm in charge of the whole world. I have the ability to understand everything, but what if we what if to the average person if we say, "Listen, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This virus is killing people." I understand that you don't trust that you have every right to not trust like an, a clinical trial a quote unquote experiment, but would you be willing to listen to learn more about it? Oh yeah. Well, Maybe we could get to that. Oh yeah. Well, but I mean like the average person, you think we could try to, I think can we, we can, get there. Yeah. I think we can get there with information you think and so? I think, you know, mm-hmm. most, of our folk mm-hmm. <laughs> want the correct information. There you go. You know, they want it delivered in a way that they understand, mm-hmm. that they feel safe, you know. Um, so we have to figure yeah. out how to do that. How to deliver the information to our community so that we don't get caught up in, you know, missing something that could be advantageous. Number one, because we are, again, scared, skeptical, all of the above, you know, things that mm-hmm. we're feeling, but that we make um, <laughs> decisions based on information. You know, it's the same thing I go through with delivering a cancer diagnosis right. to a patient. Right. You know, they are scared. They don't want to. They, you know, have heard everything about chemo. They don't, you know, and I'm, I'm like, listen, I need you to not make a decision based on fear, anxiety, misinformation, you know, any of these things that you're coming in here with. I need you to, I'm going to walk with you through this 
and I'm going to give you all the information and I'm going to answer all of your questions, but we are not going to make a decision based on fear. And I think that that's, that's it right there. That's the statement for the night, right? We, we're going to, let's make a commitment that as we walk through, every podcast is not going to be about COVID. We're gonna no, find it's something not. Else. Yeah. We're going to have to find something else it to talk not. about. There is so much more to talk about. Yeah. But what we can commit to is that we are both two very well-educated, experienced physicians. We understand clinical trials. We can make a commitment that we're going to help you walk through this decision. How should you make decisions? Not based on fear, but based on real information so that you can do something that will be beneficial for you. Again, now with that said, we do not have a vaccine that has been approved. We do have some information that has been released to the media by Pfizer Mm -hmm. saying that the vaccine that is in phase three is more than 90% effective. What we're telling you is that we don't have enough information to tell you if we think that that vaccine is ultimately going to be okay. That information has simply not been released. Right. We don't know any details about the participants in the clinical trial. We don't know anything about the adverse events, meaning the effects, the side effects that people have suffered during the clinical trial. We don't know any of that. But what we should also say is let's not just focus on the vaccines that are about to be approved by the FDA. Let's also take a look for those of you who are at least willing to embrace the education part to learn more about clinical trials that if, if, once you learn more about a clinical trial, if you are a good candidate for a clinical clinical trial because everyone isn't, If you're a good candidate and you're interested that we'll talk a little bit more about some of the clinical trials that are out there, because you're going to have choices in terms of over 50 clinical trials that are still going to be out there that you could potentially enroll in, still get a vaccine, but you can only have the vaccine as a part of that clinical trial program just before you know, it's released. It, it, it is released. And so I just want to say these real quick. So there are a couple of companies. We were talking about this a little early before we got on with you guys. So the United States, we have supported various companies in terms of vaccine development mm-hmm. so that when the vaccines were or when they demonstrate that they're safe and effective, that we could have kind of dibs on millions of doses that would be available. So the government has supported Moderna, several companies, but Moderna was one of the bigger ones, but it's not the one you've heard about thus far, right, Pfizer, because Because it's new. Yes, it actually is a new company. It's a a newer company, a smaller company. They have never, or to date, they have not um, produced a vaccine that has been approved after clinical trials, but they do have, um, apparently there's something promising there with that particular company is what I think. Mm. I don't know that for sure. I know that the NIH is supporting this right. um, and that the U.S. has invested what appears to be, when I look at these calculations, like almost $3 billion um, 
in this in that company in for this, the delivery mm-hmm. of doses mm-hmm. once they become available. Right, but they've had some trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, this company got had some legal troubles or some legal issues um, that they had to address that has kind of slowed down um, their their development and some of their benchmarks. Um, so. You know, I guess we'll see. They're going to be on the horizon. They're phase three. Pfizer is working with um, their German partners. Um, BioNTech is one of them, along with Pfizer. And that's the one that you're hearing about now, um, phase three. And there's a whole list of going, again, going back to this New York Times article, um, the COVID vaccine tracker or coronavirus vaccine tracker. That just kinds of, it, it goes through the phase three clinical trials, the phase two clinical trials, but remember the phase three clinical trials, that's where it's already gone through phase one, primary questions about safety, primary questions about safety again asked in phase two, and now entering does this work in terms of a question you know, with, with phase three. AstraZeneca, I know you guys have heard um, about that, but there are clinical trials in Singapore in China, in Germany, in Canada. Yeah, this is a worldwide, yeah, it's a worldwide effort. Um, So I guess my my final message would be, um, we're not going to, at least I know as doctors, we can't give you an opinion based on what NBC said. All right. Um, But we are going to give you an opinion based on real facts and real data And again, the truth is we don't have the real facts and the real data that has not been released in detail yet about the about the vaccine. But it doesn't mean that the vaccines that are still in clinical trial are not effective or not safe necessarily. They just haven't been finally approved. And if you um, just at least want to be open to learn more about clinical trials if we're open to learning more about clinical trials, you can do two things, potentially. One, you could get a vaccine that might work, maybe. Right. <laughs> and two, you could provide doctors and medical scientists with information about what happens when people of color... Right, participate. Participate. What happens, right. But you need to be comfortable doing it. Right. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to be, you have to feel safe. Right. Doing it. And that's where the information comes in. And that's where we hope that we can, that we can help by being real and being transparent. I can tell you straight up, nobody in my family will be willing to, to participate <laughs> in a clinical trial today. <laughs> right. Right now today. Mm-hmm. Now what I might achieve is maybe what I'm trying to achieve here, you know, collectively with my friend, what we may be able to achieve is I might be able to convince my family members and y'all my friends out there to, again, embrace the fact that you're scared, you know, you're anxious, you don't want to be experimented on, but that maybe you're open to at least listen and learn a little bit more about clinical trials and kind of how the process works. All right. Step one. Step Step one. one. Step, step one, baby, baby steps. Step one. So that's what we, I guess, know about a vaccine for now. And I guess what I'll end in saying, too, is wear your mask. Yes. Continue to socially distance. 
Um, continue to try to make wise, calculated decision, decisions. Um, stay away from your mama now. <laughs> yeah, keep mama safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's protect, you know, granny, mama, yes. Gigi. Yeah, all of them. Mimi. Yeah, I keep them all protected through the Thanksgiving holidays, the Christmas holidays. And when we have more information in terms of the details about the vaccines... Um, we can sit down and kind of break down one vaccine for you guys or break down one clinical trial. Right. And again, you know, we're still looking at 2021 with trying to be as safe as possible because everyone will not be able to get this for a little while yet. So, you know, we are in this, you know, masking, you know, being, being safe, being calculated, uh, we have got to continue to do this because, you know, at least as predicted, it won't be until maybe early spring before it's going to be able to be widely distributed. I'm a, and I, I'll say it another way. <laughs> this is real painful for me to say. <laughs> there will not be Mardi Gras as oh, we know it. Oh, no. Yeah, there you go. In like 2021, there will likely not be Jazz Fest as we know it. Now, I don't, now those of you who are not in New Orleans <laughs> and who are not New Orleanians, I don't know if you really understand what I just said. <laughs> and I just want to say I'm not speaking on behalf of the city of New Orleans. Right. And I'm not speaking on behalf We're of not saying anything about Mayor. Mayor. Yeah, this, this is my <laughs> right. Yes, right. Our, our beloved mayor. We don't know I haven't talked to her. I don't know anything. I'm simply <laughs> saying in my, you know, from my my medical opinion <laughs> perspective that I those things are not going to happen just to give you some general idea of how we're still in the thick of this. Yeah. It's Especially just, with the numbers increasing. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I just don't th- I don't think so. Again, that's my opinion. Don't go don't yeah, start writing my opinions, but don't don't yeah. start writing the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, no. they like say it. It. Yeah. No, we did we didn't say. We did not no, say. No, we did not say, but please proceed cautiously. Um we can we can get through this. Vaccines will be important. But we want to do it safely. Um, we definitely want to do it safely. All right. So I will be, I can promise I'll be very transparent when a vaccine mm-hmm. or a trial is available that I'm interested in pursuing personally. Um, I'll, I'll let you know and any recommendations that, right. that we have. And yeah. anything that, you know, comes up that we are you know, given the opportunity to mm-hmm. take, because we as healthcare workers will probably be Get it first. Yeah. <laughs> offered the first. opportunity to, you know, get one of these vaccines. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll also, you know, come with that information on how we're handling that as well when that comes up. And I'm not thinking about it right now. Well, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. They roll around these little carts with the vaccines on them in the hospital. And you know at UMC that lady, the I call the flu the, the flu, flu lady. Yes, yeah, she yes. would roll, roll her little card around and she would check you off yes. and just you know like while Document, I'm sitting there, let's scan you your badge. Yeah. Yes, I mean I would I wouldn't even skip a beat. I'd be sit, I would sit there you know at the computer typing and working on something mm-hmm. and I would roll up my sleeve and I'm still working and she's giving me my injection. I will admit, real talk, <laughs> if they roll that card around. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're they're like, find me. (laughs) If they roll that cart around with that coronavirus vaccine. Okay. Once once I once I read all the data (laughs) and made sure, you know, that I was cool with it. I'm just gonna just like full transparency, no joke. If I was really okay with it, I would still be scared. Yeah, I, I feel you. So let's admit that we're scared. Like, I would still be, oh man, I wouldn't roll my sleeve up and keep working. Yeah, right. You know, right. my leg would probably be shaking. Yes. And I would probably be like, oh, And any sniffle of cough I had thereafter. I would be like, oh, I gotta take off the next day. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, it's, I, I would have some anxiety about it. Yeah. I, I have to admit. So I think that if we can say it out loud first, that, and and notice I, I'm saying the anxiety has nothing to do with my medical knowledge. It's totally mm-hmm. separate from my logic. Right. All right. I'm scared, and um, I'm gonna try to embrace that. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> we have to. I mean, we can't. We can't. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know. No. Nothing wrong with that. No. At all. No. So maybe I'll drink my way through it. <laughs> speaking of drinks. Yes. Speaking of drinks. Yeah. So what are we? Um, so you know we try to. Well, this is only the second podcast. Yeah. But we're are highlighting a wine that we're sipping on while we're having these conversations and trying to highlight you know black owned. Um, distilleries or, or wine companies and this is one of my favorite um, just uh, companies because it's two sisters I know a lot of you all have heard of the McBride sisters um, winery in California and just a wonderful story about them but we are drinking um, appropriately named the black girl magic red blend and you know this um this company you know what a great title for you know name for a wine black girl magic and i think it's really apropos considering we have a new vice president who is a black woman in just but you know, our sister, you yeah. know, sister, and yeah. you know, in all things, yeah. who we just um, we need to celebrate her and celebrate that accomplishment. So you know, in honor of her, cheers to honor, her, and che- cheers to her, and cheers to us. We yeah. black girl magic, yeah. In here. yeah, and black girl magic, magic. listening. You yes. know, we um, we just salute. Oh, you know, black black girl voting. Yes. I mean, Stacey Abrams. Yes. Um, I mean, there was just black girl magic all throughout this past week that we can reflect on and just be happy about. I mean, we have um, really stood up and stood in the gap and um, and really shown ourselves, you know, whether anyone else says it, you know, we salute all of you black women who just, you know, go out in every day despite, you know, everything that's thrown yeah. at you us. Don't, you don't often hear it or you don't often yeah. hear it or feel it. And, yeah. um, you know, the love and the support is here. Yeah. I Cheers mean, to just, all of you, you know, guys. You, yeah. you all are worthy. We are worthy, mm-hmm. you know, of, of everything. And we know that um, we're holding it down in a way 
that our ancestors would be proud. Very I proud. I think yes. they would be proud. We stand yeah. on the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And so um, let's keep having real talk, no filter, right? That's right. We're going to share some information, no filter here, um, so that you can be empowered to take care of your families, um, to continue to work and stay strong, and, and to operate in the world in something that is terribly anxiety-provoking um, and just downright scary, um, with, empowered with information. Yeah. 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 That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Cheers. All right. All right. Till next time. Bye. <laughs> Love y'all. Later. Bye.